All right, everybody go ahead and sit up straight and tall in your seat. If you can, go ahead and grab your Bible and pull it out. Something about paper, rock, scissors. You guys are all wrong. All of you are wrong. My daughter insists, I have a six-year-old daughter, and every night she makes me carry her to her room at night. Isn't that sweet? Except for she never forgets, okay? So even if I just come home from work and I'm sitting down, she's like, you have to carry me. I was like, you know, honey, you're getting big. One of these days you're going to have to carry me. <laughs> well, I get her all the way back to her room, and she says, we have to play paper, rock, scissors. And we have to play best out of three. She's not content with just one round of this. And I'm not joking, every night. And if I'm gone for whatever reason, she stays awake for this game. And she is really good at this game. Some people say it's like 50-50 or whatever the odds are of you know, winning. She beats me almost every single night. I don't even know how she does it. I'm hoping that one day she'll grow out of this, right? But you know what? There's a part of me that says I want her to grow out of it, but there's another part of me like, you know, this is special. I had this with my daughter, and I, I kind of picture her. Like, you know, she should be 18 years old. She'd say, carry me. I'm like, you're 188 pounds? No, I'm just kidding. And uh, we play, you know what, Paper Rock Scissors is a lot of fun, and I always love watching, watching people play that game. So now you got your wiggles out. Hopefully you're wide awake. And for the next, you know, 30 minutes or so, as we take some time to get into God's Word, that you'll just take this time and promise me that you'll pay attention and learn and listen. Not because of anything that I'm going to say, but because we're going to look at some verses that come from God's Word. And because they're God's Word, there's, it's literally like He was talking right to us today. And if he were doing that, we would really want to give him the attention and, and the respect that he deserves. And so I'll just ask that as we, as we take this time to, to open God's word and look at some verses, that you would be respectful to the word of God. Would you do that for me? Can you kind of make that, that commitment uh, to me as we uh, take a look into the word of God this morning? Um, the Lord has really given me a burden um, personally for my family, for young people, for our church, for churches, um, that we would grow, okay? None of us want to stay as babies the rest of our life, right? Spiritual babies, I mean. And I want us to grow spiritually. So as you can see on, on the slide up there, what's next? And, and so I'm going to have to make some assumptions this afternoon, okay? Now, we've entitled these little afternoon times together P. L-B. Can anybody tell me what that stands for? Red shirt. Principles to live by, right? How many of you already knew that? How many of you had no idea what, what, it, what it was and you just said, what's PLB? Okay. All right, so principles to live by. In other words, we're going to try to give you some information that would help you in your spiritual walk, your relationship with the Lord, okay? So these are simply going to be some principles to live by, and I, I really want to just ask you this question. What's next? So here's the assumption that I'm going to make that you understand. Okay, so I've got to make sure we're on the same page. All right, assumption number one is that God is real. Can I make that assumption with you? Okay? There's a lot of people in the world that wouldn't even agree with us at that level, would they? Now, some of you might actually be battling that in your own mind. And maybe the Lord's going to give you some insight this week at camp on that. But as of late, we've even been concerned that this is a, a pervasive idea in your schools, obviously. How many of you are public school? Raise your hand. A lot of your public schools that you're coming from, they would disagree with that statement that God is real, right? How many of you know somebody that would disagree with that statement? Raise your hand. 
Look around. If you know of somebody, that's almost everybody in this room that would say, I know somebody who would say that God is not real. I'm also going to make the assumption that you know this, that God created you, right? Do you guys know people that disagree with that statement? Isn't that crazy? There's people that would look at you and say, no, God didn't make you. You can't make that claim. God created you and God created me. God created what else? Everything, right? I'm also going to have to make the assumption that you also are aware that mankind is sinful. That we were born sinful as a result of something that took place many, many years ago when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden and they disobeyed the commandment of the Lord. And as a result of that, all of you and myself, we were born sinful. That's an assumption that I'm making that you understand. And that's important for the groundwork we're going to be looking at. And then in addition to that, I'm also going to assume that you are aware that God had a plan for that, right? And the plan was that He would send His Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth that He might pay the penalty of sin. Now that is an amazing truth, isn't it? And that's an assumption that I'm making that you understand that and many of you could quote this verse, and if you know it, say it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that, that who? That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, I know you're saying that with your head, but do you believe that? All right, that Jesus Christ came to pay the penalty that you deserve to pay. The wages of sin is? But the gift of God is? Eternal life. Now, we're making some pretty big assumptions, right? How many of you know of people that would disagree with those statements? Raise your hand. Yeah. Matter of fact, if you've lost them in the fact that God is real, you can really understand that there's no hope for them, is there? So those are some powerful assumptions. So now I'm going to make one more assumption that really is just by way of where we're going to go this morning with, with needing to grow, and that is this. This is the assumption that I'm going to make. I'm going to, I'm going to assume that you are a child of God. Now, that may not be true for all of you, but for the sake of what we're looking at here at a Christian camp this summer, and that we want to grow and we want to learn together, that I'm going to need to make this assumption that you are already a child of God. And obviously that would come through believing and putting your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ that He did on the cross for your sins, and that your hope and your trust is in Christ, and Christ alone for your salvation right now i want you in your heart okay not publicly but i want you in your heart to raise your hand before the lord and that would be this that i am your child again in your heart say you know what you can make that assumption about me and again there may be some in this room that as of yet are still struggling with that or wrestling with that and i understand but for those of you that we're going to assume are children of god god's child They've placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. My question for you is this, what is next? What's next? Why did God save you? You ever thought about that? Did he just save you so that you could have, go to heaven? And so everybody else? Um, looks like we lost our PowerPoint up there. That's not a good sign. Hey, Mike, are you up there?
that's, that's a good sign. You know that, right? If that comes back on, I was terrified that this wasn't going to work today. It never works, right? But we're good to go, okay? So what's next? I want you to ask yourself that question. So what? What's next? How many of you are graduating from high school? This is your, you're a senior this year. And you're going to be done at the end of this next school year. And I know you don't want to think about school, but then has anybody ever asked you this? So what's next? What are you going to do when you graduate, right? Has anybody asked you that question? You're like, I don't know you. I just want to go to high school. Okay, leave me alone, right? Um, how many of you are planning on going to college? How many of you are already know what you want to be when you grow up? Raise your hand. You're like, I already am grown up. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be an Indian chief. Okay. <laughs> what's next? I mean, everybody wants to know what's next. You know, I have, I have little kids. I've got, a, I've got a two-year-old. You know what's next for him is being potty trained, you know, baby steps. I've got a four-year-old. Uh, he's Trenton. You know, for him, it's just manners, you know, learning to not be like he is, you know. <laughs> Obviously, I have my, my daughter, my seven-year-old daughter. We play paper, rock, scissors. I have a nine-year-old son. And it's always like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Matter of fact, in their toy room, I have a, a tape measure marked on the wall that marks, the, you know, how the little growth marks, you know, their, their, their name, the date. How many of you have anything like that in your house where your parents have kind of, you know, you're like, I'm, I'm seven, I'm eight, I'm nine, I'm ten, you know. <laughs> Or like me, it was like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I never grew, you know. <laughs> All right, but everybody, you guys can put your hands down unless you have a question. Do you have a question? No? Okay. What's next? So here's the question that I have for you, okay? As, as we think about this, we got to understand that Scripture, the Bible, has some certain assumptions, if you will, that he actually makes, the word the Bible actually makes on behalf of Christians. In other words, if you're going to be a child of God, there's actually some assumption that the Bible has about you and what's next for you. Okay? And I have a, a verse that the Lord kind of used that I want you guys to look up here and, and read. And matter of fact, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to John chapter 15. This is John chapter 4, but John chapter 15. There's several verses in John chapter 15 that we're going to look at. But if you look at the, the verse up there on the, on, the, on the screen, it says, The hour cometh and now is. Now really, this is the conversation that our Lord had with the woman at Samaria at the well. And this lady was clearly a, a lost lady. She didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And this was her first interaction with Christ. And he begins to explain something to her. And he tells you something about God the Father that I want you to pick up. Okay? It says, the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. All right, for, now read this next line with me, for the Father seeketh such. Say that again. The Father seeketh such. So here's what's interesting to me. This is what jumped out to me, and that is this, that God the Father is actually on a manhunt, and he's seeking something. He's seeking what? What does it say? He's seeking such. So what is the such? Well, if you look back, he says true worshipers. All right, now what in the world is true worshipers? All right, and what is worship? Well, some people would define worship as, you know, us giving our praise to God, right? Making God really big. That is giving glory to God. Do you think worship is giving glory to God, right? Well, the Bible's going to describe some stuff here in, in, in John chapter number 15, that we're going to look at. And there's a verse in there that I want you to look at. And if it's at verse number 8 of John chapter 15, okay? When you find John chapter 8, uh, just give me John chapter 15, verse 8, I want you to put your finger there and look up at me. That way I know you've got it, all right? 
So we're looking for verse 8 of John chapter 15. And it says, Herein is my Father, what? Okay, so here, this is the same concept, right? Making God big, giving glory to God. Right? This is worship, true worship. What is it that makes God big? What is it? Well, keep reading. What does it say? That ye bear much, what? Fruit. Now, wait a minute. What are you talking about? I'm supposed to bear fruit, you know? Wake up in the morning. There's a tomato hanging off your head. I mean, if you were to read this verse to somebody, right, who didn't believe in God, and you just were to say, hey, you need to be bearing fruit. <laughs> I think you've lost it. <laughs> now, I love gardens. How many of you are parents or you are, have ever done a garden? Oh, man. How many of you personally have done a garden? Good for you. What are you growing? Vegetables. Vegetables. Okay. <laughs> Is a tomato a vegetable? <laughs> No, it's a fruit. How many of you like tomatoes? Summer tomatoes, the big white, oh, BLT sandwiches, right? I'm like, extra salt. My, uh, my two-year-old last night reached onto our counter, and we had these massive tomatoes that somebody gave us from the Louisiana Agricultural Center, where they, like, scientifically make these things huge. He took a bite out of each one, <laughs> like, right before bedtime. I was like, what are you doing? It's like 10 pounds of tomato. I love gardens. I love sweet corn. Sweet corn is my absolute favorite. And if I had a thousand acres to grow sweet corn in, I would totally do it, okay? And this year, my garden consists of seven very meager, measly tomato plants that may or may not make it, okay? But I also have in my laundry room on the windowsill an experiment that I've been working on for about three and a half months. And that is avocado trees how many of you love avocados guacamole oh come on how many of you can't stand that slimy stuff raise your hand i love guacamole i love avocados i love it in sushi i love it in hamburgers i love it in tacos and i love it all okay thank you all right so here we go this avocado tree takes three years before it will even begin to start producing some of that fruit. But I obviously have a goal in mind, right? What is the goal? That it would actually what? Produce fruit or food, right? Who in their right mind would go through all the work of a garden just for the blossoms? Nobody in their right mind would do this. Here's something I want you to look at in John chapter number 15. And frankly... Um, it can be a little, little scary, okay? And if we were to look at verse number 8, it says, Here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Well, the opposite of that is actually true as well. Look back at verse number 2, okay? John chapter 15, verse number 2 says this, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, and make it bring forth much fruit, all right? And basically, he's going to take away something that does not bring fruit. Look at verse number 6 of John chapter 15. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. 
So here's what I want you to take away from this, and that is this. If you are, and the assumption is that you're a child of God, that if you are not bearing fruit, God has no need for you. Think about that for a second. Matter of fact, you're doing more harm than good. On my tomato plants, we call those suckers. A little plant, a little stem that grows up between a branch and the main shoot is just a plant, a branch that comes out that just sucks life from the plant. So if God is not glorified with your life, he has no need for you, right? That's a scary thought. Are we bearing fruit? And so the question is, how in the world do we bear fruit? And that's what I want to look at. This is principles to live, what, live by. I'm going to look at just four little principles for us that would help us bear fruit. Do you think that you should bear fruit according to this? Absolutely, right? What are those principles, okay? And so I'm going to, we're going to kind of walk through this, all right? And it's going to be, they're all going to connect. So in every one of those little blanks, we're going to pop up another little word. So if you're taking notes and you write these four words down, then that, and that's all that you get from this, then that's fine, okay? All right. The first thing, and this is super easy. How many of you know how to read? Okay, some of you are like, ah, it's summertime. <laughs> I forgot that already. Okay. What do you think I'm talking about reading, though? The Word of God, the Bible. We're going to look at a couple of verses, and one of them here in 1 Peter chapter 2 says this, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may what? Grow thereby. What is connected to growth? The Word of God, right? Now, when it says desire here, this is the concept of just absolutely hungering after something. Now, is that, I want you to just take the time to, to think about that for just a second. We live right across from a big field, a big pasture that has a bunch of cows in it. And this last year, all the little baby calves were being born, and uh, there was coyotes out there, you know, so calves and coyotes is kind of like, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, okay? But I remember one time watching this little baby calf laying on the ground next to um, its mother, and I thought it was dead. And I was like, you know, I was going to go poke it with a stick, you know. <laughs> I was also looking for the coyote, you know, breakfast, <laughs> right? And it wasn't long till that, I mean, this thing was only minutes old, Okay. It wasn't long before it got up on its wobbly little legs and it made a beeline for mommy cow, right? To get the milk. And I wonder if, if this is an attitude that we have about the word of God when we wake up in the morning. What is it that we make a beeline for when we stagger out of bread after the coffee pot? I understand, right? We've got to get to the coffee. How many of you eat as soon as you wake up? Raise your hand. My wife does that. Blows my mind. I don't even want to look at food for at least an hour. But she like... You know, bedroom to refrigerator. You know, I just, shoom, okay? Now, look at that verse again. As newborn babes. In other words, this is so substantial to your life. Nothing else matters. Everything else is irrelevant. If I don't get this, I will die. Picking up the Bible. Want a principle for your life? Ready? Read the Bible. That's pretty simple, right? You're like, well, I just kind of assumed that I would get enough Bible at church and no way. You know how much time you spend at school listening to other people on the internet, television, bombarding your, your mind and your brain with the wrong stuff? Hey, here's a simple one. Read the Bible, okay? 
Here's another verse. It says in Psalm 19, 9-11, The judgments of the Lord, the Word of God, is true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. How many of you would say, I want the Word of God more than I want money? It's hard to say that, isn't it? Much fine gold, sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. By them the, your servant is warned, and keeping them there is great reward. Okay? Psalm 119, verse 12 says this, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. I will delight myself in thy word. Are we reading the word of God? Hmm? Open my eyes so I can see wondrous things, amazing things, awesome things. Sometimes when you pick up the Bible and you read it, and you maybe are in the Old Testament, and there's like a list of names, and you're like, oh, oh. Feel like I should be reading this, but I don't understand it. And you get discouraged and you just, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put this down. I can't take it. Sometimes we just need to pray a little bit and ask the Lord to give us some insight and to be able to, to have desire to see the Word of God and to get something amazing from the Word of God. Open my eyes. Okay. That I may behold wondrous things. So read, all right? That's there. Can we do that? Is that a basic principle? Can we read the Bible? If we've made the assumption that we believe, in the, we believe God, we believe He created us, we believe He saved us, and we, now we know that He wants us to grow, uh-oh, where'd it go? Meditate. Mine and the screen in the back is what I'm losing. Do you guys see my screen? I have a cheat screen in the back. And so now I have to look behind me. So, All right, so number two is what? Meditate. Read, meditate. Principles to live by, read the Bible. And then don't just read it. Meditate on it. Now, I told you a little while ago that I live next to a big cow pasture, and how many of you already know what it means to meditate with the cow, right? You know that? How many stomachs? What do they do? They eat the grass. Then what happens? Burp. There it comes. They meditate on that stuff. And they think about that. Time passes, and it comes back to think about, right? And in the wintertime, when there's no grass growing, the farmer comes out with his tractor, and he dumps a big bale. Matter of fact, they're baling hay right now. How many of you guys are baling hay where you're from? Anybody? A couple of you guys out there? And they get these big bales of hay, and it's wintertime. There's no grass growing. And boy, those cows are going crazy out there, waiting for them to drop, the, to drop off the hay bale. And then they'll go out there, and they'll eat it, and they just chill out there the rest of the day. You know? They're like, I'm just going to lay here. Excuse me. I'm going to chew on that again and again. And again, that's what meditating is, right? So look at this verse, Psalm verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 2 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he what? Meditate day and night. That's not picking up your Bible, reading it for one minute, putting it down and walking away, is it? No, it's chewing on it. It's thinking about it. It's when you, you read a verse and you go, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to chew on that a little bit. What does that mean? I'm going to write that on my hand so that later when I, Get in my car to go somewhere. I look down and I see that I can remind myself of that. I'm going to put it on a sticky note. I'm going to put it on my bathroom mirror so that when I see that later, I can chew on that and I can think about that. I'm going to meditate on that. When? Day and night. When you go to bed at night, you're laying down. Look, there's so many things that can fill your head, right? Make you nervous, make you anxious, make you worried, fill your head. Hey, what if we just meditated on the Word of God? Guess what? It would change your life. There would be something that would begin to take place in your life. And listen carefully, it's growing. That's what's taking place. It's you beginning to grow. 
Job said in chapter 3, verse 12, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. It's a part of my life. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against, I will, what? Meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Here's a way to meditate. Memorize. Some of you are great at memorizing. Some of you stink at it, <laughs> right? You're like, I don't even know my own name sometimes. It's like, when's my birthday? Mom, I don't know, right? But you can memorize some things, right? The human brain and its ability to memorize another face, it's, it's uncanny. There was a, a documentary on the radio not too long ago about our ability, once we meet someone, once we shake their hand, introduce ourselves, that we have this ability years later to recognize that person in a crowd. I was like, well, they don't know me very well. <laughs> I hardly recognize my own mother, you know. <laughs> but memorizing is not naturally easy. I don't think it is. So when you're in school and you have a test coming up, what is it that you're doing the night before? Xbox? No. <laughs> what are you doing the night before? You're cramming. How many of you get up to cram early? One person. Two, three. How many of you stay up and cram? How many of you study at all? Okay. School, ABCs. I don't know where we're at, okay? Memorizing something is a way to hide it in your heart, right? Principles to live by? Hey, read the Word. Meditate on the Word. Princes also, Psalm 119, 23, did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statues. Guess what? When people are going against you and you're having a rough time, look, take that time to meditate and chew on the Word of God. Okay? What else? Okay? Let's go to another one. We've got read. We've got meditate. What else do we have? Here's a simple one. Do. All right, here's where the disconnect is, okay? Here's the disconnect. You guys remember, you, you know this story from Luke chapter 6. This is Christ. He said, and why call you me Lord and do not the things which I say? So this is Christ talking. Could he say that about you? Hey, why are you calling me Lord, but you don't do what I tell you to do? Think about that for a second. Is that you? Okay. Then he tells us a parable. Remember that? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you who he is like. What's he like? Well, he's like a man which built a house, and he dug deep and laid the foundation on what? Rocks. Isn't that where you, you guys know that song, right? The wise man built his house upon the, you guys know that song, right? But it, we don't like singing that one, do we? As a kid, what do we like singing? The foolish man built his house upon the sand, and the rains came tumbling. What happens? The house on the sand goes. And for some reason, as a three-year-old, the ability to just slap your hands and say the word splat is the most satisfying thing that you can do in the world. It's like killing a mosquito, you know? And here was Christ's point, and that is this. Look, and this is important. I want you guys to get this. Doing what God says to do is very important to your growth. Here's another one. You guys know this from James chapter 1, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Hey, welcome to the American Christian church, hearers only. That person is deceiving their own selves. 
For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and he goes his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of a man he was. There's a lot of you like that today. <laughs> I saw you. You came out of your cabin, and you looked like you got hit by a truck. You're like, I took a shower last night. You're like, well, you should take another one. Because sometime between 10 o'clock last night and 7 o'clock this morning, somebody beat your face to a pulp. <laughs> Okay, with a bag full of nickels. Okay, and you have bedhead. How many of you get bedhead really bad? And it's ridiculous. Like, I have, there's been times I'll come out of my room in the morning and my kids are like, Daddy! <laughs> Where's Dad? You know. You know how many people do that? They, now look, we can do that in the morning. You know, you get up and you're like, go to your bathroom. You look in the mirror, you're like, oh yeah. Look at them eye crusties. Look at that. What is that in my teeth? You're like, I'm going to go show someone. And then you go out of the room, right? Now, we'll do that in our house. But let me tell you, if it's time to go somewhere, oh, my stars. You girls can be in the bathroom for seven hours and 28 minutes. Just looking at yourself. I'm assuming that's what you're doing. And I'll go in there, and my wife, you know, she's, yeah, you can have the bathroom now. I'll go in there and... There's tools on the counter. There's like hot things that are steaming. There's paintbrushes. There's doctor tools, scalpels. I mean, there's all kind of stuff. I'm like, what have you been doing? I don't know. I'm just glad I didn't see you before you came in here. My stars. But so many of us do that with the Word of God. We, we finally get to a place where we've read it. And we chew on it. We meditate on it. And then when it comes time to doing it, we go, oh, yeah, I, I like the way things are. I don't want to do that. Look, Christ said that's a foolish guy, and his house is going to come crashing down. Don't just stop when it comes time, when you're exposed to the truth, and it's time to act on it. Don't stop there. Do it. Read it. Meditate. Do it. There's one more thing, and it's actually found here in John chapter number 15. And uh, what I'm going to do is we're going to advance to that. We're going to read, we're going to meditate, we're going to do. And if you look down at, at, at John chapter 15, in the very first um, verse there, he's going to use an illustration of a vine. How many of you know what a muscadine vine is? Or a scuppadine vine? Or miha jelly? Does anybody know what miha jelly is? Miha jelly? All right, so what is a vine? All right. With the grapes on the vine, right? Okay, the last thing that we're going to do is the word abide. Okay, read, meditate, do, and abide. And this is where we're going to find that here in John chapter 15. This is the parallel. This is tied all together and we'll be done. Now, here's a way for you to remember these four things, okay? Because these are important. I want you to remember these. You guys ever heard of the YMCH here? You know where I'm going with this, right? R-M-D-A. I need two volunteers, a guy and a girl. Micah, right? Your Micah, come on up here. You're going to wish you hadn't done this. No, kidding. All right, you can come on up here. Too late. We've got, our we've got our two guinea pigs. All right, you're over here. All right. You guys want to see them do RMDA? Me too, because they haven't practiced this. Are you ready? You guys all together, I want you to say it. Ready? No, no, no. You've got to do it like the YMCA. Are you ready? All right, R-M-D-A. Who said C? Come on. All right, now you guys have to do it. 
I want cursive letters. Okay, are you ready? Ready? Come on, Micah. You have to be them, right? So she's got the R down. Let's see your R. Okay. Where's your M? M? Come on, Micah. M? What's it? Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> Where's your D? Okay. All right. All together, let's try it. See how they do. Ready? Are you going to do it with us? or? You're doing a great job. Right? Give them a round of applause. They needed that. All right. Keep your thumb to yourself. Look carefully at verses 4 and 5 of John chapter 15. We'll be done. Okay? It says this. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of it itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. Listen carefully, teenager. You cannot bear fruit unless you abide in Christ. You know what that means? It means getting up close to him and staying there. Okay? It means reading the word. It means meditating the word. It means doing the word. And then getting close to Christ and staying right there. If you don't stay there, guess what? You're not going to bear fruit. Christ won't be glorified. You won't be able to give back to him what he wants. Look at what it says. I am the vine, you are the branches. You, if all of those assumptions that we had at the very beginning, if all of those assumptions are correct, then you are his branches. And look, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much what for without me guess what you can do nothing so my question for you is this what's next well listen it's this is you need to start bearing some fruit and the principles that we've given you to live by of reading the word meditating on the word doing the word and abiding in christ the result of that is fruit okay the result of that is fruit look if you try to start at the fruit well what is the fruit all right, John uh, 2, verse 28 says this, And now, little children, abide in him, that when ye shall appear, ye may have confidence and not be ashamed. Abiding in him, he's staying close to him, there's a result that begins to take place. After you read, and after you meditate, and after you do, after you abide, guess what? You begin to bear fruit in an amazing way. Many of you know, um, we'll read um, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. If you try to do those things apart from reading, meditating, doing, and abiding, guess what? You're not bearing fruit. You're just taping it to the tree. Does that make sense? Can you tape a pear to an apple tree? Yeah, you can. It'll look okay for a few minutes, right? And I think that's what we do in church sometimes. We go to church, and we know how to... We know how to put on the fruit. Look, quit worrying about putting on the fruit and just worrying about abiding in Christ. And guess what will happen? Look, the fruit will come. The fruit will take care of itself. You know how hard it is sometimes to, to be everything that we're supposed to be? It's hard, isn't it? What does it look like? Well, it means growing. It means satisfied, firmly rooted, healthy, stable, secure, kind, loving, gentle, patient, good, full of faith, meek, gracious. Are you bearing those fruits? Well, look, if you're just trying to do those things, you can't do it. But if you try to just start 
like a baby, desiring the Word of God and meditating, doing it, and abiding in Him. Guess what? Those fruit will come. And according to John chapter 15, God will be glorified with your life. Isn't that what you want? You want God to be glorified with your life? It's so simple, but yet so hard. So my challenge is to just apply those four things and just begin. Begin in the basics of the Word of God. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for these young people and thankful for bringing them to Southland this summer and for their even response and the services and their apparent desire to know you and to follow you and to serve you. And uh, many of them are, are your children, children of the Heavenly Father, and their desire would be that they would bring you glory and help them even in these simple principles of, of just getting up and beginning in the Word of God and letting it change their lives. Help them with these things. Don't, don't let them get discouraged. Help them to, to want to know you and give them a heart that wants to know you and wants to seek you and wants to praise you. And Lord, we can only do all of these things with your strength. Without you, we can do nothing. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you could do us a favor and grab your chair and take it to the outside, that'd be great. You're dismissed.